0: Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking for 50 people with Hashimoto's. If you have been diagnosed in the last 10 years and you feel lost or confused about exactly what to do, then I want to invite you to join me for a free training call on Thursday, May 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where I will show you how to support your thyroid for your thyroid type and your specific Hashimoto's triggers. You will also find out how to lower your thyroid antibodies and how to get to the bottom of all of your thyroid symptoms, the weight gain, the fatigue, the brain fog, the inflammation, the hair loss. Please go to inatoppler.com slash Zoom call to register, and I will send you all of the call details. I only have room for 50 people, so please be sure that you register at inatoppler.com slash Zoom call and get your spot right now. Meet Molly, ever since she was a little girl, she called herself sensitive. But in the last 10 years, this has really gone to the next level. Now 37, she feels less and less comfortable in her own body. She feels anxious and uneasy a lot, has restless leg syndrome, trouble falling asleep and staying asleep, constant headaches, sensitive eyes, and a lot of trouble concentrating. She may start okay in the morning, but then is set off by almost anything, like loud construction on her commute or bright lights in her office. She often goes home from work with a headache and feels extremely tired. When I met her, she described it as someone else having control of her body and just feeling like she's not at home in her own body. As we got to talking, I noticed she was really into technology. She always had her Bluetooth headphones and loved that she didn't need wires. She was telling me about the new router she just got that extended all the way into her yard, which was quite large, and how much she loved being in nature and working at the same time. She had a lot of other state of the art gadgets and was on her devices a lot. She's explored a little about her biochemistry with another doctor, but I noticed that no one has looked into the effects of EMF, which is electromagnetic frequencies, with her, and I had a sense that this may have something to do with her issues we had to put it all together to get to the root of this health mystery. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know, because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler. And this is Health Mystery Solved. We just heard about all the issues that Molly was having. Join me on the show today to talk more about this is Dr. Katherine Clinton. She's a licensed naturopathic physician, founder of WellFuture.com, author, speaker, and pediatric health advocate. She's passionate about the prevention of chronic diseases by addressing the psychoneuroimmune system. And gut health, especially in children, where many of these issues can begin. She's currently in the process of completing her book throughout this summer, and has done a ton of research on EMF, which we're going to get into today. Dr. Clinton, welcome! I am so excited to have you.
1: Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. I love talking about uh, EMFs and how they affect our health, and our family, and our children, and our planet. So. You're going to probably have to interrupt me a lot because I get really excited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. And I can't wait to learn more and to really get this information out there. Um, You know, and as our technology advances, obviously, it seems like almost everything is at our fingertips, right? But at what cost? You know, is there a cost to this?
1: Absolutely. There's a cost and a huge convenience. Um, Of course, I'm sitting here doing this interview with you and I'm able to do it from across the country. And it's amazing what technology has brought us both in our everyday lives and as well in medicine. I mean, the technology that we're using and able to assess just at your most basic Um, urgent cares across the country it's just amazing but it does absolutely come at a cost a heavy cost that we're starting to just now sort of realize and acknowledge although the research has been there for a long time
0: for those people that may not be familiar can you tell us a little bit more about what exactly is emf
1: Absolutely. So EMF stands for electromagnetic frequency. And of course, our devices and our electronic devices, our devices at home, all of these things emit electromagnetic frequency, but also our bodies do. Each organ has its own EMF frequency. You know, uh, there's some amazing research George Wallace is doing with the frequency and voltage of the mitochondria. And when that kind of decreases, we see all kinds of chronic disease and obesity and cancer. So uh, EMFs aren't just related to something you plug into the wall in our electronics. They have been part of our life and something we've evolved with from the beginning.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think a lot of people think of, if they know about EMFs, they think of them as you know, bad things that come from cell phones and other technology. So that's really good to know that they can come from other places as well. And so what kind of effect does that have on the body? You know, some of these, I guess, good EMFs, but then also some of the more negative ones.
1: At the risk of sounding woo, which I take that risk all the time, <laughs> but um, we're electric beings, you know, we our cells communicate with electrical charges and you know it starts to sound woo when you say oh we're electrical beans but Of course we are. Um, You walk into the ER with a heart condition and you're going to get hooked up to an EKG that's measuring the voltage and the uh, electrical conductions in the heart. Mm -hmm. You've got something, a traumatic brain injury, getting hooked up to um, an EEG measuring electrical conductions uh, in the brain. You know, there's all kinds of things we use in medicine to assess these electrical currents that we use, our cells communicate with that frequency and what we're seeing now is there we're just inundated with different electromagnetic frequencies that are disturbing the cell-to-cell communication and that's pretty um concerning you know like like we were just saying we have evolved with certain emfs since forever and now we're seeing that um Our environment is just literally thick with electromagnetic frequencies from our electronics, from our satellites, from our smart meters. 5G is um, expanding across the country. And none of this um, has been found to be fully safe. And there's a lot of research and concern um, in the scientific and medical community community about what this is doing to our health.
0: And is it partly because these EMFs that are being omitted by uh, technologies that we're using, are they then disrupting the natural EMFs of our organs? Is that where the damage happens or is there something else that happens there?
1: Absolutely. They're much greater than what we're seeing from our natural EMFs. So the the earth emits an EMF, plants emit certain EMFs. And when we're taken out of that uh, zone and our EMFs in our environment from electronics and, and what have you, cell phones and towers and all that kind of stuff, they are... Um, broadcasting at a much higher, higher level. And so that is messing up with our cell-to-cell communication. It's messing up our detoxification pathways. Uh, You know, it's our outer membrane of all of our cells is a conductor of these electrical messages, so to speak. And when you tweak something so significant, although it's so small, the repercussions throughout the body are pretty enormous.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the symptoms that people have when this gets disrupted? What are some of the things that you're seeing?
1: This is a hard list to pin down because it really varies. You know, each of us kind of have that Achilles uh, heel, you know, that weakness. Um, Mine, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition in medical school and my weakness is the gut. (laughs) So that's where most of my symptoms and nervous system, that's where my symptoms come up. But they can really range from fatigue, headaches, a feeling of lack of energy, a low immune system, a sense of irritation, anxiety, depression, autoimmune reactions. You know, there was a recent study out last year about autoimmune patients 90% 90% of them, 90%, and it's really hard to get in 90% when you're talking about uh, placebo clinical trials. You know, 90% of autoimmune patients felt better with the removal of some of these EMFs um, in their environment. And that's just so significant. So the uh, symptoms of what's happening just are range. And they're so individual when you're looking at kids, um, hard to sleep, hard to hold attention, behavioral problems, mood problems. You get into circadian rhythm, um, problems, like I said, problems sleeping, but also problems waking up in the morning, feeling refreshed and, uh, it the list can go on and on. It, it does get pretty individualized.
0: Yeah. And a lot of what you mentioned is uh, things that Molly was dealing with. You know, she had the headaches and trouble concentrating, restless leg, um, having trouble staying asleep and falling asleep. So, you know, she's looked at a lot of different biochemical reasons for that and fixed some of those, but the issues were still happening. And she loved technology. And so that's why I, my sense right away was that something is going on with that because she used some of like the best, newest technology that had some of the strongest signals. And, you know, speaking of technology, can we talk about the devices that emit EMFs? You know, I think that a lot of people probably realize, you know, cell phones will do that, but there's a lot of other devices that we may not realize can have an effect. Can you walk us through some of those? Sure. Um, One of my favorite bubbles to pop (laughs) is the electric blanket
1: uh, bubble. It, that has some really high um, electrical fields with it. So that has a ton of EMFs that we're not even thinking about at all. Whenever I hear a patient or a friend or a family talk about snuggling up with their electric blanket and trying to just really get a good night's sleep, it's like, ah, (laughs) don't do that. Hot water bottle. (laughs) So yeah, they can range. You know, of Mm -hmm. course, our routers, our Wi-Fi routers are a huge source of EMFs. And so anything that's connecting over Wi-Fi in your house, smart meters, um, cell towers, cell phones, your computer your your uh TV, your Xbox, all of those things are going to be emitting pretty high fields of EMFs. But like I said, it goes down to electric blankets, refrigerators, uh, hair dryers, can opener, electric shavers. All of these things are going to be emitting some kind of EMF that's out of the normal range.
0: Now, if someone is curious to see how much EMF they're exposed to, is there a test that they can do or are there meters out there that are reliable for someone to see you know what their home is like absolutely they're usually
1: you know i'm here out here in eugene oregon and we have some great uh emf remediators that will come out and test and show you you know um they call it kind of dirty emf so nothing is going on but your outlet is uh emitting some emfs that are pretty high and that has to do with getting a little bit technical you know in the wiring and how the different wires cross and um, copper wires and different conductors crossing and making more of an electrical field as they are um, just sitting there even not in use so doing something like that is uh, a worthwhile thing and limiting our emfs doesn't have to, you know, I want to say it as the same time as saying it doesn't have to be expensive or, you know, it doesn't have to do with technology. It doesn't have to be a technological fix to a technological problem. It's funny how we are always quick to say, you know, modern life has created this health problem or this uh, societal problem. And look, we have a modern solution to it. And oftentimes the problem is that loss of connection to the life that we evolved with. That modern life has disconnected us from. So there are um, EMF meters. There are people in your area that should be well-versed and can come out and and do that for you. But um, there are measures you can take today that are free and easy.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the effect that these have on our physical body, but also on a quantum level. How does that work? Right. So
1: I talk a lot about this. I'm just wrapping up a series on uh, Facebook and Instagram about the mitochondria and how our body is so susceptible to this change in EMF. and, And the changes in EMF are small, but when we're talking about what's happening on a cellular level, we're really talking about a quantum electron, proton, neutron kind of level and and what's happening with the molecules and with the cells on that level. And when you look at things at such a small level, it starts to get a little bizarre and it goes kind of in the face of our uh, mechanical kind of biochemistry where some of our parts kind of look that we have at the body, in medicine, and science. And when we're talking about a quantum level, we're really getting down to what's happening on these electron, on these particle levels, on a cell basis. And when you do that, you can see how the gradients between cell-to-cell communication, the proteins on the outside of the cellular membrane, they're all set up to work in a certain electromagnetic frequency. And when you start changing that, even the smallest changes have big effects cellularly. So, you know, we talked about how we're electrical beings and we are communicating on a cellular level With electricity, when we start to look at that on a very small level, what's happening with the electrons, what's happening with the molecules, we start to see how um, the body is really made up of these phospholipid um, bilayers, and they have this communication that's dependent on water and electricity and the proteins being in the right configuration. When we have the water in the right um, amount and the right crystalline form, and we have the electron conduction from whatever kind of source we're talking about, uh, electromagnetic frequencies, infrared, whatever the frequency might be. That is actually what's driving the energy into the cell. So once we look at it that way, it becomes a lot less woo, a lot less insignificant, and it underlies almost all of our chronic disease and illnesses that we're seeing today.
0: Wow. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's amazing and crazy at the same time. And it's scary. Let's talk a little bit about 5G because I know, as you mentioned, that's rolling out across the country and more and more states are getting 5G in the coming year. Why is 5G detrimental to our health in your opinion? Well, it's
1: just a bigger, um, a bigger broadcast, a higher frequency of, uh, EMFs. And we're seeing the problems at 4G and at 3G. And there's research out showing what happened at 2G. So we're just marching down this path. Oh. And what's most concerning about it is that there is research out there, substantial. There are whole bodies of uh, literature and research and really excellent evidence showing that this is something that we should be doing at least some preliminary safety studies before rolling this out. And this is one of the classic, you know, industry and profits before health. It's being rolled out because it does make everything more convenient. Everything works faster. You get your internet off 5G. It's working fast. You get your answers faster. Everything comes to your fingertips just a little bit faster but that price that we're paying is not being addressed that's what's really most concerning to me about it is that part of the industry this should be safety tested in a in a way that meets the standards and it's just not
0: now is there something in place for safety testing in the future or are there any studies going on to kind of see what some of the long term effects are I don't know of any plans to have
1: safety studies done in the future. I think we should all stand up and riot over that, but um no, I don't I I don't know of any. And of course the research that has been done, you know, it's pretty clear, but the Industry again is not forthcoming with that research. Right. Yeah, it's really, it's it's really disappointing. Yeah. Um, that we've come to this kind of place where we're sort of at odds with um, the industries that are providing services and health services. It's not where I want to be, but that's where we are. So I hope that there will be right, right. <laughs> some safety studies in the future. But I'm not holding my breath, but I am seeing that it's becoming something that's talked about a lot more. There's a lot more acknowledgement, you know, like I said, George Wallace and his studies of um, the voltage and EMFs coming from mitochondria and how that varies from organ to organ and different decreases in that um, accompany chronic health. It's just the next step to start talking about how EMFs disrupt that and how important they are to health. But I think we're getting there. I think it's around the corner.
0: Right. It's unfortunate it hasn't been done, but all more reason for us to then be our own health advocates, which is something that we want to be doing in all of our areas of health anyway. Um, Now, there are a ton of devices these days that claim to protect us, you know, from pendants that people can wear on their bodies to various contraptions that we could put on our devices and so on. So the big question is, do these work and can these protect us?
1: And that's a great question. I am am not an electrical engineer. I have spoken with several of them and it seems like our research, you know, kind of based on that Faraday cage. um, It's just not possible to get the kind of shielding that they're talking about because the EMFs are floating everywhere. So I have yet to be sold on um an emf product, a shield, um, something like that. I'm really more of a fan of hardwiring your house, turning off the phone at night. Um we don't use mm. Wi Fi at the house unless specifically we're doing that. So it's not something that gets turned on in the morning unless it's actually needed right then.
0: Yeah, well, I'm really glad that you're saying that about the pendants because I was also under the impression that they don't really work. My father-in-law is an engineer, and we talk about this all the time. And you know, we listen to podcasts, and you know, people sometimes talk about these. And as he listens, he always says, "No, that's not true. That can't be." And of course, he explains it to me. Goes a little bit over my head um, as I don't understand all of the nitty-gritty of electrical engineering. But you know, he was saying kind of similar to what you're saying that in the EMFs are everywhere. And the currents are everywhere. So, in order to have complete protection, you literally have to have it covered completely without anything coming out. And once that happens, then you won't be able to plug it in or put a wire in or have any service then at that point. Right. So, with that, you know, and I think also, you know, people sometimes get those and then they end up being on their phones longer and on their other devices longer and they have this false sense of security. And unfortunately, it's just not really helping that much. Exactly. Let's talk about what people can do instead. So you mentioned um, hard wiring and, you know, for someone, let's say, that's been living in their home for a while and, you know, everything is on Wi-Fi, you know, is it something that is fairly easy to do or is it something where they need to actually start, you know, like ripping down walls and like how how does that work?
1: Well, you know, the easiest thing um, that you can do is turn your breaker off at night. And that requires flipping a switch. Um, now, where we sleep, our breaker to the that portion of the house doesn't include the refrigerator, so it's easy, It's an easy thing for us to do. That might require something else if you know, turning off your refrigerator every night isn't going to be the best solution.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I guess Um, if someone has like their air conditioning or the heat might be on the same breaker, that might be a problem too. But if there's a way to split them, perhaps.
1: Right. Exactly. And just even the act of unplugging the router, turning that off, um, putting your phone on airplane, Uh, just kind of decreasing those EMFs. That's really important. And then the thing that I think a lot of us are missing is that there are EMFs that we need and we're not getting in contact with them because of our life. And what I'm talking about is EMFs from the earth, EMFs from uh, the sun, from You know, I'm sitting here and it is gray. It's probably our UV index today is probably two, if I'm hopeful. (laughs) It's probably about one. Mm -hmm. So I'm not getting a ton of vitamin D and whatnot, but I am getting um, the infrared and, uh, you know, the UV light from the sun. And that is actually. Counterbalancing some of those EMFs that I'm getting from my routers and 5G and all that kind of stuff. The EMFs from the earth, that's, an, that's a pretty easy one. If we can just go sit down um, in a park. Our feet. I know this time of year nobody really wants to put their feet or their bum (laughs) on the ground, but doing so can have um, some really profound rebalancing. When again, when we're looking at a quantum level, we start to see things act as they should.
0: And do you need your feet to be bare or can they be in shoes? They can be in shoes that uh, conduct
1: electricity so if you have rubber soled shoes like most of us do that's not going to work but there are special earthing shoes and there's just bare
0: feet Mm -hmm. yeah what about what about some of those earthing products like there's earthing blankets and earthing pads that sometimes I know people could put on the floor by their computer or sit on them would that do something similar it would and I
1: like the research around them um I like the research. Uh, there's some really great studies. There's some great studies with them using in, them in the NICU with um, mm. preterm babies. Yeah. And the, the results were really profound as far as um, their measures to thrive and uh, overcome that preterm birth. And I like the research, but I don't like the idea. Um, if you were to ask me, should I get a mat or should I go outside every day? I would say there's absolutely no question you should go outside every day and put yourself in the dirt Um, because there's way more than we're getting with that interaction, you know, there's the gut um, microbiome that's being replenished with those uh, probiotic strains in the dirt. There's just so much, and there's so much we don't know. We're just like classic think we know everything, right? Mm. The DNA, we discovered the whole thing and 97% of it's junk DNA. Um, it's just all these ridiculous sort of things that we do as humans, thinking that we know it all. And um, so, yes, I like those products. I like the research behind them. It's exciting. It's easy to see and follow because it's just an EMF range. Um, And the research is really promising, but I think we're missing the boat if we rely on that. I think we need to be outside. I think we need to be, you know, it's wintertime, it's cold. I think we need to be cold. Sometime during the day, I think our body needs to know what season it is, mm-hmm. what time of day it is.
0: So, what about if uh, someone, let's say, has a job where they work in an office and it's between getting outside for, say, 20 to 30 minutes on their lunch hour or, you know, to sit in um, in the sun and to put their feet in the dirt? Um, so, it's this 20, 30 minutes outside versus, let's say, them having an earthing mat and using that for, you know, four or five hours or whatever when they're in the office, do you still think outside is better? Yeah. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I do. Probably no one could say for sure, <laughs> I, but I'm curious for your opinion because I would think yes because it's stronger, right? Right. It's going to be hard for
1: me ever to come down on the side of the device because, what I'm seeing in myself, in my patients, in the families that I see, the children that I see, the parents that I see, we're all suffering from a lack of connection. And that's a really broad sense of the word. So whether it's a connection to our own body, to our community, to nature, there's vital bits of information that literally help our body function and do do its work. And function properly, and we're missing out on it. And there's there's huge pieces that that we kind of you know it's so much easier to say, well, I got a mat, and now I'm now I work and get great EMFs and na na na. But again, we are missing out on when we go outside, information the rays of the sun go into our eyes and tell our melanospin when and how much melatonin to produce. And now we know that melatonin is not just our wake up and go to sleep hormone. It has huge anti-inflammatory effects. It has huge effects throughout the body. I mean, a big increase in melatonin, we see a big decrease in insulin uh, production and uh, insulin uh, resistance. So, it's all so interconnected. And we have to remember that we are really, really far removed from where we started. We started close to the earth and we've come a long way. And a huge part of the solution is going to be getting back to the earth. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I'm not saying we need to go live in a hut or whatnot, but Take that 20 minutes outside. Right. For sure.
0: Got it. Got it. That makes sense. I guess it's <laughs> similar to, you know, when people talk about eating real food, you know, versus taking a bunch of different vitamins. And obviously as a nutritionist, I love vitamins and I think they're important, but I think we have to remember that it's a supplement to the food that we eat. We can't just fuel ourselves with vitamins because they don't have that same energy as the food does. So I guess this is the same thing. The energy of the sun and the earth can give us more in a shorter time from what you're saying than the device which doesn't know how to replicate all of those things absolutely when we talk about then some of the things that we can do so we talked about going outside um you know sitting in dirt we talked about turning breakers off turning our devices on airplane mode anything else that people could do for protection
1: well an easy one is try to limit the cell phone use in the car just because of the way um The metal is set up and the conduction of the EMFs from the cell phone in the car, especially if you're charging the phone, that's just like a big concern. So that's an easy one to try and avoid.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. So you're saying if you're charging your cell phone in the car, you're transmitting even more EMFs that way?
1: And they're bouncing around and amplifying inside of the car.
0: Do you recommend that when people are in the car, if they don't need to use the cell phone, it's still obviously emitting stuff. So should they put it on airplane mode while they're in the car? Absolutely. Yep. That's an easy fix. Mm -hmm. Airplane mode in the car. And then also, you know,
1: we we talked about the sun and we talked about getting outside. And um, I'm not sure when this will air, but nobody is a fan of that right now. It's cold and dreary outside. But common sense tells us that if we evolved close to the earth, we also evolved close to fire. Um, and that's a really amazing way to get some, um, good EMFs when it's cold out and we don't feel like, uh, being outside and being cold. Um, it's a really, really cozy, wonderful winter tool to help, um, get some good EMFs to balance out, um, what you might be exposed to in your daily
0: life. So basically, sitting by the fireplace is what you're saying. Yeah, that is. But a real <laughs> fireplace, not an electric fireplace. <laughs> yep, you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> Do people even have those anymore? I mean, we have one, but with the electric one is the one we use more. Um, but no, that's that's really that that's definitely a good a good piece of advice for sure. What about nutrients? You know, I know that EMF can deplete nutrients just because of all of the different effects that it has on the cells that you just went through. So are there any nutrients that can help to either protect us or maybe just replete things a little bit when we are exposed? Yeah, Um,
1: one of the concerns with EMFs is changing the um, electron transport chain um, within the mitochondria. That also involves a lot of... um, free radical, uh, formation. So when we're talking about EMFs, we're also looking at, uh, Free radical uh, damage, and, and how for to,
0: everyone um, listening, if just in case people may not be familiar, free radicals are compounds that really damage our cells. So I just wanted to put that in there. Sorry, continue.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that's what they do, and they're necessary, of course, like any uh, process we have in the body. But too much of them is not a good thing, and antioxidants are a wonderful way to do that. You know, you just mentioned, and I wholeheartedly agree whole foods over supplements and processed foods are the way to go you know there was also a study out oh, i think it was maybe 2015 or 16 that showed that eating food grown in natural sunlight right so not in our greenhouses and and what have you plants grown in full spectrum sun, they actually assisted with our energy production in the mitochondria much more significantly than plants grown um, without the full spectrum, wherever that be, half greenhouse, half whatever it is. Again, just some humility when we come to talk about health is important because we really know just a fraction of what's happening. And the more we know, the more we know we don't know. And so really respecting the tools that nature has and understanding that a whole food is always going to be better than a supplement, right? And and I have a supplement company, so (laughs) I'm not against supplements, um, but they absolutely pale in comparison to Of whole real food. You know, when you're looking at a pomegranate, for instance, I had one of those for breakfast. The antioxidant, the polyphenols, the flavonoids, all of those different compounds, you're looking at hundreds and hundreds in one whole food. And that's something that you just can't get from anywhere else. As well as, you know, we talked about what's happening on the quantum level, what's happening with whole foods on grown in the sun, you know, farmers market, your your backyard, wherever it is, they're gonna be so profound in that transfer of energy and that production of energy in the mitochondria, and that's what every single um, cell and thus organ in our body depends on. So it doesn't matter what we're talking about. If it's cancer, if it's, um, inflammatory bowel disease, if it's ADHD, you know, whatever we're talking about, we're talking about how a mitochondria functions because that's how the cell functions and how the organ functions and how the system functions. I would say making sure that you are, Eating that whole food and it's it's full circle, right? Once we start to recognize the power that comes from whole food and that it truly is medicine, and that organic food grown in the sun um, is our true medicine, then we start to kind of value that farmer. We start to value organics, we start to see how some of the things happening in our agriculture and food production is not ideal. And we can vote with our dollars and it becomes sort of like a a domino chain Mm. effect of health. Yeah. So short term eating that pomegranate is great to help with EMF damage. And long term, it might help us get the awareness that we need to make the global changes that we need around this. Of
0: course, yeah. And for those people that are already eating whole foods and getting all of those benefits, are there any supplements that they could take additionally that might be extra helpful? Sure. You know,
1: some of my favorites, and of course, I'm going to say, as a doctor, always talk to your doctor (laughs) before starting something new, because everybody's individual. But some of my favorites, I love uh, milk thistle, I love curcumin, and I love resveratrol, and all of those are um, pretty big players With as far as antioxidants. They um, are helping with some of those things we talked about in the mitochondria, your telomeres, kind of the length of your DNA, um, alleles, you know. They're really helping on multiple levels. The free radical damage, they're helping with gut health, they're helping with detox, they're helping with DNA protection. So, those are some of my favorite supplements that kind of hit a few different bases.
0: Gotcha. That's great. But what about something like phosphatidylcholine? You know, being that EMF is going to affect the cell membranes and phosphatidylcholine is a component of that, could that help with some protection? It absolutely can. It's
1: something that I like to uh, use individually because phosphatylcholine can also, um, shift the level of neurotransmitters via kind of that um, amino acid base that we have, but it absolutely is a great one. Um, NAC is also a great one. Um, and N-acetylcysteine <laughs> is also a great one. Um, for helping with that free radical damage and help protecting the cell.
0: You know, I think it's so important for people to know that there is something that we can do. I know we were talking about all of the effects that EMFs have and that it's only getting worse. And I know it may sound very much like doom and gloom, but the whole point of this is, you know, for people to know that there are actions they could take, there's steps they could take, there's things that they could do both with their, you know, with how they fuel themselves and what they do outside. And, you know, there's just a lot out there. Yes.
1: I really do believe we're hearing more about the danger, which means we're raising awareness, and we really are I feel that we are shifting. I feel that there's more awareness. This podcast is a great example. Um, people are going to listen to this, share the podcast, talk with your friends, talk with your neighbors, and bit by bit, we can change the landscape around it. you know it It reminds me of Monsanto and pesticide use, you know when we were talking about it 20 years ago it was like oh what you don't you don't want to help the world not starve it was like what Mm -hmm. and you know 10 years into that it was like okay some countries aren't allowing it and they're revolting against you know killer seeds and and now it's pretty clear that we don't want um we don't want that in our food. And I see that same kind of awareness happening on so many different levels with toxins, with EMFs, um, again, organic foods, just a a more natural, holistic way of living in tune with our community, with our world. And, and I'm excited about it. I think that we have to address the negatives of it, or it just becomes something we sweep under the rug. So um, and And that's kind of how I work with my practice too, when my patients come in with symptoms. I am excited about it because the symptoms are something that we can work with, and I think that's where we are now as um as a society we've got some massive symptoms, and they are way too great to ignore you know ha- more than half of our kids are chronically ill, and I don't mean like colds and flu; I mean they're chronically sick and have diseases and We're just at a point where we can't ignore this anymore, and it can be disheartening and and overwhelming, but we're exactly where we need to be, talking about what to do, talking about the problem, talking about the solutions, talking with each other, um, because this is where the change happens.
0: Exactly. I'm so glad you're saying that. And, you know, people could just even take small steps, just putting your phone on airplane mode, not charging it in the car you know, turning the breaker off if possible at night or just turning your Wi-Fi off. I mean, these things are not hard. You know, understand that rewiring your house may take a little effort and that may not be for everyone, but these other things are available. So even one or two little steps can go a long way.
1: I'm just going to say, too, that I haven't mentioned at all (laughs) that that we um, as humans and our hearts have an EMF. And it's an EMF that's a thousand times greater than the EMF that's coming from our brain. And it's sensitive and it picks up on the energy fields of other people. And, you know, there's been a great body of research about this as well, that really we can um, affect each other's EMFs and counter some of those negative effects of uh, EMFs just by having an open, calm, loving conversation, interaction with someone. Wow. So it, it starts to get really exciting when we look at solutions. I mean, love, loving each other, going outside, eating whole foods. The solutions, are they're so exciting for me to talk about. It's, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it's so fun to be a doctor nowadays because we have so many tools and we have the research to say, like, hey, love is good medicine and and we need that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. I think that people definitely underestimated it. And, you know, we always hear like, yes, love is good. But when you actually explain it in those terms about the heart having, I think you said, what, a thousand times stronger EMF than the brain? I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's amazing at the same time. So- That's really awesome. Well, Dr. Catherine, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate this conversation and all of the knowledge that you've provided us. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about all this stuff. I'd love to talk to you more. There's so much to cover and this is such an important topic. So thank you so much for doing it. I can't wait to share it with my tribe and um shout from the rooftops this is an awesome topic
0: as you just heard emfs can have a profound effect on our cells and therefore our overall health i loved dr Catherine's explanation and also that she saw eye to eye with me about these emf protection devices I would never want someone to get a false sense of security. And I've heard so many podcasts where they paint this very gloom picture of how bad EMFs are for you and then try to sell you a device that they claim is the answer and then scare people into buying it. Not what we're doing here. And if you already have a device, I'm not saying stop using it. Of course you could continue to use it, but please know that it's probably not giving you complete protection and the best way really is just to limit your exposure. Now, if you want to contact or find out more about Dr. Katherine Clinton, you can go to healthmysterysoft.com, and all of the information is going to be in the show notes for episode 45. You'll see all the details and the resources of everything that we talked about. And if you are listening on your phone, on iTunes or Stitcher, you can just scroll down and the show notes are going to be right there for you. And for Molly, we started by limiting her exposure as well because when we met, she really didn't know much about EMFs and didn't realize all of the negative effects her devices can have on her body. She loved Wi-Fi, loved Bluetooth, and the convenience of it all, but once she learned more about it, it was easy for her to see why disconnecting a bit was going to be helpful. Hardwiring her house was not something that was possible at the time, but instead of using Bluetooth, she got corded headphones and turned off her Bluetooth setting on her phone. She turned off the Wi-Fi on her phone and turned off the Wi-Fi on her router at night. And after just three nights of doing this, she slept a lot better and noticed her legs were not as restless. I also put her on 600 milligrams of magnesium, as well as curcumin and an antioxidant blend called Ultimate Antioxidant. Two weeks later, she was falling asleep easier and staying asleep most nights, which was a huge shift from before. Once she saw these changes, she started working on limiting her exposure and would check her phone once an hour instead of every two seconds like she used to before. She stopped carrying her phone in her pocket and kept it across the room rather than on her desk at work. There was not much that she could do while at work where there was Wi-Fi, which was pretty strong, but she took 10 minutes every few hours to step outside and see the sun. She was not really into putting her feet in the dirt. I get it. But she had shoes with leather soles and that was a workaround to get her a bit more grounded. We did a hair test and saw that she was also deficient in molybdenum, zinc, and selenium. So we supplemented with those for three months while continuing on the magnesium and the antioxidants. We worked on calming her adrenal glands, which were fairly overactive with adaptogenic herbs. Uh, We used a blend of ashwagandha and rhodiola in a formula that I use often called adrenal response. After three months of lowering her exposure and taking the supplements, Molly felt like a different person. Her energy was a lot better. Her sleep was back to normal. Restless leg was gone. And her headaches were about 85% better. We were both super excited. If Molly sounds like someone you know, please share this episode with them. And make sure you subscribe to the show because the next health mystery I uncover could be one you or someone you love is dealing with right now. When it comes to your health issues, don't give up. The answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for tuning in and see you next week on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.